You're listening to Life Church Podcast with Pastor Bill Carpenter. All right, let's get into Mark, chapter 5, beginning at verse 1. And let me uh, read this story to you from uh, Mark, chapter 5. <clears throat> beginning at verse 1. They came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gerasenes. And when Jesus had stepped out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. He lived among the tombs, and no one could bind him any more, not even with chain. For he had often been bound with shackles and chains, but he wrenched the chains apart, and he broke the shackles in pieces. No one had the strength to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always crying out and bruising himself with stones. And when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and fell down before him. And crying out with a loud voice, he said, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I adjure you by God, do not torment me. For he was saying to him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And Jesus asked him, What is your name? He replied, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged him earnestly not to send them out of the country. Now a great herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside, and they begged him, saying, Send us to the pigs, let us enter them. So he gave them permission, and the unclean spirits came out, and they entered the pigs, and the herd, numbering about 2,000, rushed down the steep bank into the sea and were drowned in the sea. The herdsmen fled and told it in the city and in the country, and people came to see what it was that had happened. And they came to Jesus, and they saw the demon-possessed man, the one who had had the legion, sitting there, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. And those who had seen it described to them what had happened to the demon-possessed man and to the pigs. And they began to beg Jesus to depart from their region. As he was getting into the boat, the man who had been possessed with demons begged him that he might be with him. And he did not permit him, but said to him, Go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. And he went away and began to proclaim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And everyone marveled. This is an amazing story um, that comes right, right on the, the tail of the, the, uh, the message that Pastor Dave preached to you last Sunday. Uh, and he did a, just a, a tremendous job. Matter of fact, he and Nathan both have done tremendous jobs of, of sharing these miracles with you. Um, and uh, it's just a joy for me to come right behind that. Um, but this really is, I mean, at the storm is calmed and the boat lands on, on the opposite shore. And just as it does, Jesus gets out. And, and as Jesus gets out of the boat immediately here, we get this detailed description of this man that they encounter. And uh, he is very, very fragmented and very, very possessed. And, and, and all of this demonic stuff is going on in him And uh, the people all around have seen this. They know about him. He has this very uh, bad, if you will, reputation, this very scary, uh, frightful reputation as a man because of all that has been happening here, all right? And um, uh, I want to try to break this down just a a little bit here for you and, and, and try to help you to 
make some personal application in your life based on this particular miracle that we see happening here. Now, I am in no way inferring that you are demon-possessed when I say that, okay? Uh, I'm simply saying that there are some wonderful things that I think we can learn from this particular passage that, can be, that, that we can take with us, we can carry with them, not only in our own experience, but as we kind of get into the lives of other people and walk with them through their experiences as well, all right? And so we see Jesus here, and, and, and he and his disciples have started out across the sea, and as David told you last week, uh, they were in this, this intention of, of having this rest or this respite on, on the other side, getting away from the pressure of the crowds. If you, I love Mark's gospel, and if you read through Mark's gospel in these first four chapters leading up to this particular passage, it's just like boom, 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 boom. You know, there's just so many things that are happening and that are going on. And, and it seems like people are just coming from, from the left and from the right and they're, they're, uh, they're after Jesus and they're following him and they recognize him and they find him and, and they bring the sick and, the, and, and, and uh, those who are needing healing and, and, and so forth. And, and they, they, he, he just doesn't let up for him. And so the disciples say, let's get in the boat and let's go to the other side. And of course, as Pastor Dave said, the storm comes up and he went through all of that with you last week. And so I don't want to repeat all of that by any means. He did such a nice job. Uh, but Jesus did rebuke the winds and, and, and he calms the waters. And so their, their voyage continues over to this eastern shore of, of, the, of Galilee, a bit more uh, remote perhaps than where they had, had been inhabited by Gentiles. Uh, and no sooner than they get to, to the shore... Uh, then Jesus is challenged again. But this is a, a different kind of storm, if you will. The, the prior storm was one of nature and, and uh, had to do with calming the seas and calming the winds and so forth. All right. Uh, but this one is an internal storm. It is a storm inside of a man, if you will. And Jesus is challenged here. All right. Uh, and, and this is in some sense sort of like you know, the sort of the wildest of the human nature, this, this demon-racked man, all right? And so it's a different storm, but folks, it's spinning out of control. And, and uh, just like the storm when they were in the boat, you know, people don't know what to do with this guy. They don't know how to handle this, and they are afraid, if you will, because this time Jesus encounters a man, and the disciples are, are behind him, and they're, they're watching, and they're seeing what he's doing, and, and this man is so demon-racked, and so this storm inside of him is raging, um, and it's like he encounters this creature, not a man. And he begins to, to speak, this man does, and he speaks to Jesus. He, he, he acknowledges Jesus right here. Now, as, as we start to get into that, let me say this to you. Oftentimes, Christians feel that they need to escape our they need to go somewhere else, or they need to be in a, another place. You know, it's always greener on the other side or in the, the other field, so to speak, you know. And the disciples realized the, the intensity of the ministry that Jesus was doing, and, and they, they certainly wanted to take care of him, and they certainly wanted uh, to, to get over to this other side and, and have a bit of a rest and get away from the crowds and, and, and withdraw. And sometimes life does that to us, doesn't it? We, we, just, we have this sense or this need to get away or to let down or, or to just, just rest, you know. And, 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 and especially if you're giving and giving and, and you've been pouring out of yourself, 
And it's very important to have time alone with God, and, and we, don't want, we don't in any way want to deny that or discount that. That is absolutely essential. That's one of the, the greatest challenges that I have. Uh, Pastor Dave will tell you that's a great challenge for him as well. We try on, on a, a monthly basis to take a day, and we go outside of Sioux Falls. We go out to Inspiration Hills or somewhere like that. And we spend the day alone. And I mean, we're both together, of course, but we go al- and, and we part ways when we get to our designated place. And then we spend our, our day in quiet, alone, just praying and reflecting and talking. At the end of the day, we come back together and we talk a little bit and pray together. And then we come home. That's a very important thing for us to do. We feel like uh, very needful for us, uh, actually. Uh, but it seems like sometimes that that's, the, that's the most difficult thing to, to accomplish, that it that gets sucked away from us. That gets taken away from us sometimes. We're ready to go and something happens and we're called to something. And, and so it seems like the enemy is constantly trying to keep us from that. All right. And so I, I understand this need to get away. But I also want you to understand that, that no matter where you go, you, you've got to have the right motive in getting away. And the motive has to be for refreshment and renewal in Christ. All right, because I want to tell you something. No matter where you go, you're going to encounter storms. You're going to encounter adversities. You're going to encounter situations. And, and, and we think, oh, it'd be better over there. It would be better over there. Oh, if I could just do this, if I could just do that, if I could have this, if I could have that. But it doesn't matter where you go. And though the intent of your heart may be pure and right and your motive's good, you're still going to find that you're living in a world that is fallen and sin-filled and there's all kinds of stuff out there. And you're going to encounter that. And not all the storms are natural storms. We endured the hailstorm last night at our house. It was outrageous. And I was sitting at my, my desk and, and, and I, I was telling my wife, you know, I can see the flashing lightning and it's just, it's just flashing here and there. And then all of a sudden it's like light is flashing and flashing and flashing and flashing and it's all over. And I'm like, hmm, something's amiss here. This is, something's happening. And, uh, and, 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 and the girls were, were, were out and away from the house. And, and, and uh, then all of a sudden I, I looked down at my computer. I looked back up. And I can see trees, and they're like, they're bending, you know. They're, they're bending like they were bent in the ice storm. And I'm like, oh, no, they're already weak. They're, now we're going to have limbs popping again, you know. And then, and then my son calls, Dad, I'm at Cadoba. I'm getting held out, you know. And, <laughs> and he's in a panic, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, Kaylin, calm down. It's, it's okay. It'll be all right, you know, and, and trying to talk, talk him through that. And he's like, no, my car's ruined. It's, it's, it's just shot. I'm just going to sit here and eat and just be done with it. You know, um, but, but he's, you know, he, he falls sort of on the pessimistic side. I'm a bit more on the optimistic side. You know, I'm like, you're going to be all right. It's okay. It's just a car. It's my car. <laughs> but his car's different than everybody else because it's his car, you know. And, and so I'm, I'm trying to, to get him, him to calm down a, a little bit. And then I hear it. Boom. Boom. And I'm like, and this is what I said, holy buckets, there, it is hell. As if I didn't believe, I mean, I believed him that it was over there, but it wasn't where I was at, at the moment. But very quickly it came, and there it was. And this was big hell, you know, big hell. And it's all over the place, and I'm like, I go out on, on the front porch, and I'm, I'm looking around, and I thought about Pastor Dave's sermon for just a minute, and then I ran back inside, <laughs> because I knew I'd probably wasn't capable of calming that storm down. And I was busy trying to calm people down. 
What am I saying? I'm saying that, that in very unexpected places, you will find storms. And sometimes those storms are without you, outside of you. But sometimes those storms are within you. Or they may be within someone else that you are with. All right? And so Jesus was getting away, and he encounters this storm. He, he knew he was going to go into this storm. And, and he knew that he was going to encounter this demoniac man on the other side. And, and yet he went in, into this anyway. Now, the disciples didn't know all of this. And so I think there's just amazing lessons. The lessons that Pastor Dave uh, unpacked for us last week were so, so good. And I want to just pick up right there and tell you that, that there, there is more for you to understand about this Jesus. There is more for us. And it was beautiful that, that Jesus takes this opportunity of this storm coming up on the Sea of Galilee to, to demonstrate to the disciples that, hey, I am the Son of God. I have authority over creation. This God who spoke into this chaos uh, that Pastor Bill read about at the beginning of the service today, this God, His Son, has authority over all of that creation. That is an amazing thing, that, that Jesus could speak to a storm and that the winds would calm down and the waves would settle and it would get, become a smooth sailing until they got to the other side. But immediately there, they did not expect to encounter what they encountered. They did not expect to see a man that was running around in tombs. They did not expect to see a man that was bleeding because he had been shackled and, and had the, the crazy demonic strength to break those shackles off and run around. A man that was naked and screaming as he was running out towards Jesus. And then the amazing kind of thing in that chaos is at the same time this man has the ability to recognize the Son of God for who he is. Wow. Wow. And so Jesus is beginning to take an opportunity here to speak revelation to his disciples through what he does and through this encounter to help them to see that, hey, this son of God has authority over more than just the wind and the waves. He is more than a hypermeteorologist. All right. He is he is able to do more than take care of a storm. That is outside. He is able to to go in and do something on the inside. And so I want us to to, to try to, to get this message because you are going to encounter people who have storms going on. And here's the thing. You have storms in your own life. I have storms in in my life. They come and they go, but they do come. And so I want to I want to really encourage you today. All right. I just want to I want to try to encourage you that you see that this Jesus is capable. He has the authority to calm that that is within you, that storm that rises up and that tempest that buffets you and that comes against you, whatever that might be. He has the ability to speak into that and to deal with that. And not only that, he has authority over the demonic realm. He has authority over that activity that is evil and that is counter to God and his very nature and his care for you. And he is able to speak into that and take authority over that as well. All right. So our world finds itself oftentimes encountering storms at all corners of our lives. And so I want us to be very, very encouraged that this Jesus is with us just as he is with the disciples. All right. Uh, so with that, let me let me give you a couple of ideas here. I think that the first thing that that uh, 
as I said earlier, that you need to realize is that that grass is not always greener on the other side. It's not, you know, if you're, if you're just running from storms in life, you're missing it, all right? You're not, here's the thing I want you to understand. You never run from something, you run to something, all right? You never run from, from the things, the adversities and the difficulties and the situations. You may need to get out of something, but don't just run from something. If you're just running from something, you never get to what you need to, to get to, and that is Jesus you run to Jesus, all right? He is the one you go to. You don't run to your own strength. You don't run to your own strategies. You don't run to, to your best friend. You don't run to your spouse. You don't run to, to your success in business. You don't run to your education. You don't run to all these things that you have, have acquired or utilized or built up in your little kingdom to take care of you and to keep you going and to give you success. You run to Jesus. Because at the end of the day, he has the authority to calm every situation and deal with every adversity that you might encounter. There's a sense in which Jesus sort of brings out the worst as well as the best in people. He gets to this other side. He hears this most like ungodly shrieking, sees this naked, bleeding, half-shackled man running towards him. It's amazing, though. He falls down in this sort of this posture of worship. And at the same time, he's screaming in this demonic uh, bondage. But he says, he, he offers Jesus a question. It's quite amazing. He says, what have you, what, what, have I do, what do I have to do with you, Jesus? What, what, in other words, what, what, are you, what are you doing, Jesus? But he doesn't stop there. It's, it's, it's interesting that he knows who he is, this voice of speaking through this man. He knows. But then he acknowledges, he says, Son of the Most High God. Wow. Son of the Most High God. And, and he's, he says, I, I, I'm going I'm to implore you, I'm going to adjure you that, that by God, by your Father, by God, that you not torment me. You know, don't. Don't mess with me here. Leave, leave me. Just leave me alone here. This has to be one of the most pitiful sights in all the world. And I, I want to, this is where I want to lay out a challenge. Because most of us see someone like this. And most of you are sitting here thanking God that you don't see sights like this. And some of you are sitting here wondering, I wonder if I would ever see a sight like that. And what would I do? And some of you are sitting here wondering, well, we're here in this part of the city. Is there a chance we could see a site like that? Or that's why I don't ever want to go into a third world country. That's why I don't ever want to do prison ministry. That's why I don't want to go to a, a mental hospital. That's why I don't want to do this. And why I, I, I don't want to do that. Or why I can't do this. Or why I can't do that. Or those kinds of things. Fear starts to grip us. Because we are seeing out of our own eyes and we're not seeing out of our experience with this Jesus who has the authority and the ability to do something about these things. And, and so this one grips me, all right, because this person's mind is so torn. And you can see this in other people, not, not even to the extent of this particular demoniac, but people that you and I encounter from time to time. We see people that are torn so that, that, that 
they, they worship while cursing and they confess while blaspheming. And they, they, they're, they, they've got this fragmented thing going on where they're desperate. And so they, they have all of this, this, this demonic stuff going on and all of this activity and oppression and, and depression and different things. And, and at the same time, they're, 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 they, they know there's a God and they know that he's real, but somehow it's not working. And so they're all just, just confused and there's chaos inside of them. And if ever there is a picture of Satan's ultimate motive in possessing a person, it's painted in this man here. The devil is, listen to me, he is never content until he has destroyed everything that can bring forth the image of God in a person's life. He seeks whom he may devour. And his intent is utter and absolute destruction. His intent is to bring absolute chaos into your life. I'm not trying to scare you by any means. I am trying to put the fear of God in you. And I am trying to help you to see the reality of what you might encounter in your life. And for some of you, you know that we are talking to the very battles that you fight in your own life. I'm certainly talking about battles I fight in my life. Fear grips me sometimes. Things bother me, and, and, and I deal with, with, with issues, and, 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 and my mind plays tricks on me and tells me lies, and I have to overcome that, and I have to battle stuff and, and put it down and fight against the adversary and the things that he's trying to tell me and the thoughts he's trying to put in my mind. And I don't think I'm that much different than you. I know I'm a little strange, but I don't think I'm that much different than the rest of you. And that there is stuff that goes on inside of us. And, and it's stormy and it's chaotic. And what I'm saying is, before you can go out there and help someone else, you need to let Jesus help you. You, you need to, to work on these things. And until you see this Jesus as having this authority to be able to come into this place internally and, and bring peace and speak peace and calm to your storm, it will be very difficult and challenging at best for you to go outside of yourself and to do that. Can you see Jesus? Can you recognize Jesus in what is going on in your world? I'm sure that the last thing these disciples wanted was to meet this demonic man. They had just gotten over the most intense storm of their entire lives. All right? they didn't want to meet a demoniac. I mean, I'm going to tell you what. If I had been in that boat, I would not have been God. All right, come on, Jesus. Give us some demons. Let's, let's take care of them. I'm ready. No, I'd have been like, thank you, God, get me out of this boat. I want my feet to be on sand. I will never get in a boat again. I will walk around the Sea of Galilee to get back. You know it's the truth. How many of you have been on a rocky boat? Mm-hmm. Thank you, Nathan. I have too. Yeah. I was, I was more than ready to get out of that boat and never get back in again. I was riding in a car with someone a few months ago. And, and they, they came and picked me up. And, and, and we got in their car. Now, now I should have known something. They, they had the seat belts where you had to kind of like get in and, and like put them over you. <laughs> And you had to buckle them in. This is just a little sports car now. It's legit. It's legal. It's, it, you know. 
And they had taken like the, the, the roof things off, so they just had that T-bar or whatever across the, the top. You know, it's a little car. And I'm just, I'm, like, I'm out there. Well, I couldn't get the seat belt, you know, to work. So I sort of had a seat belt on and sort of didn't, you know. And, and so we go out in the country, and we are, we are riding along in the country. And, and as we're going around the curves, you know, normally people slow down. And he speeds up. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth. Now, he is an excellent driver, and he has driven race cars, and he knows how to do it. But this is a, a, a little Camaro, and we're out on a country road. Uh, um, we, we, we are, we're, we're over the lead by... Actually, we drove right by your, your business uh, over there. But we were on the, the you, know, you know the roads I'm talking about. They are curvy. And, and we, we're doing, you know, 85, 90, 95 miles an hour. He looks over at me and he goes, you all right? And I go, yeah. I am thinking, okay, if this car starts to, to roll, then maybe if I jump out this way and put my foot on the top of the door right there, I can go that way and the car will go this way. And maybe I'll survive at best, but at least I'll be alive. I was thinking that. You know, I'm a grown man, almost 60 years old, and that's foolishness. But I was thinking that. And I thought to myself, if I can just get back to Sioux Falls, God, please, just get me back to Sioux Falls. (laughs) (laughs) But we've all, we've all been through things and we've said, you know, I don't want to go there again. I don't want to be in that place again. The last thing these disciples wanted was another storm. They they didn't want another event. They were tired of events. All right. They didn't want to deal with that. And sometimes we are, you know, it's like I'm, I'm, I want to rest. When Barbie and I went to, to, to England, you know, we were on sabbatical. Man, I could, I could have done a ton of ministry over there. We, we could have done a lot of things in terms of ministry. We could have just jumped in there, and it could have been day after day after day after day of just ministering to people. Because there, there are storms in everyone's life. And Jesus speaks to this man immediately. And this is how bad the storm is. And this is, this is another thing that grips my heart about this man. And I really want to challenge us here. Because we're, we're looking at a lot of times at life going, I'm tired, I'm spent, I don't, I don't want to do this, I don't, I don't want to go there, I don't want to take care of that. And, and I'm going through so much, and, and it might just be that your storm isn't for you, but it is for someone else. And it might be that as you're going through your storm, as Jesus comes into it, there's great purpose, and that purpose is beyond you. And so they get to the other side, and suddenly now they're realizing the storm is not over. It's just taking on a different character. There's a different situation in it. But Jesus says, what's your name? What are you called by? And he goes, it's legion, because there are many. What a horrible confession to have to make. Legion, just call me Legion because there's just so many. What he's saying is, I'm so sick. I'm so bound. I'm such a mess. You see, a Legion in that day was at least 600 men. In that area of the country, a Legion was referred to as a company of men of no less than 600. In some areas, a Legion was as many as 1,000. And in a few minutes, we're going to see that these demons are cast out and, and they go into the pigs. And those pigs were 2,000 that the demons went into. 
So we have a man here who's saying, I am so fragmented. I am so messed up. I am so broken. Just call me legion. And I think that there are so many that the enemy gets into a place of believing that I'm so messed up. There's so much that's wrong in my life. There's so much going on. You, you know, call me hopeless. Call me whatever. You know, there's, there's all kinds of names the enemy will put on people. And I want to challenge us that we begin to see this Jesus and his authority is able to handle any situation that we might encounter. I want to tell you something. There's nobody, hear me please, there is nobody in this world to whom the authority of Jesus cannot bring deliverance and healing. I don't understand why it doesn't happen all the time. I don't understand why when people come in here, they don't always get healed or set free or delivered or whatever. But that will not deter me. And that will not stop me from believing the truth. And the truth that this miracle shouts to me is that this Jesus is able to overcome in every situation. That he has the ability to overcome and to bring deliverance. What is your name? Legion, there's so many in me. Jesus says, come out. And the demons, the spirits, whatever, they begin to speak. And they say to him, don't destroy us yet. That's what they're saying. Don't destroy us yet. Let us go into the pigs. Let us go into the pigs. You see, if Jesus had destroyed those demons at that point, and subdued them and locked them away for eternity, oh, he would have won the submission of the man. But I don't know that he would have won his love. So as an alternative here, I believe, Jesus chooses to demonstrate the destructive power of Satan by sending these demons into this 2,000 pigs. He sends these unclean spirits into these swine. I know there are, there are critics that complain and they, they say that he disregarded the property of the swine owners, and that he did that at the expense of his Jewish, uh, being Jewish and penalizing the Gentiles and because they traffic in unclean meat and all those kinds of things. I, I just, I, that isn't a, a consistent view for me here of the incarnation of Christ and, and, and his purpose and the, and, and the resurrection and all of that. And as we look at the whole of the story, I think there's, there's a lot more that's, that's way deeper than that. And I really, I really, really believe that, that Jesus had purpose here. And that purpose was to help us to see that indeed the enemy is out to steal, kill, and destroy. And that there is an answer to that. And that is Jesus Christ. And so the results of the deliverance are quite mixed here, folks. <laughs> Fear strikes the, the swine herders, all right? They beg Jesus to get back on the other side of the sea. He's ruined their business. You know, they don't, they don't have a business anymore. They don't, 
A man is healed. A man is delivered. A man is, is a witness to the glory of God. A man has the ability now to, to live a, a, a good, productive life. He's sitting at the feet of Jesus rather than pacing. He's clothed rather than naked, all right? He's sane rather than mad. And this miracle is striking fear in the hearts of, of, of the people who see him. He's, he's going to make the greatest difference he's ever made. It's funny, he was scaring the liver out of people as a demoniac, but he's also scaring people now because they're seeing this, this beauty and this godliness about this man and is scaring people to death. Now here's what I want to bring out of this particular part of the story. I want to ask you this question. Are you willing to give what it will take to see someone delivered? Are you willing to release whatever you need to for someone to be delivered? These people did not care about this man. They cared about their pigs. But what if Jesus came to you and said, Hey, this is a person whom I love and who I died for, but it's going to require the, the equivalent of a year of your wages. For you to walk along with this person so that they can be healed, they can be set free, they can be delivered, they can know me. What would you do? For them to experience the greatest and most ultimate price that has ever been paid, and that is for their eternity, what are you willing to do? Man, this is, this is challenging, isn't it? This rocks my boat. This puts a storm inside of me, just thinking about it. What, what are you willing to do? What price are you willing to pay? What will you give up? What will you sacrifice? Pastor David and I are going to talk to you and challenge you in, in a couple of Sundays. Our village in Swaziland is in dire, dire trouble. There's a huge drought again. And there are many homes in that village that still do not have water. And children are... are hungry and they're, they're, they're literally on the verge of, of starving some of them in some areas. And it's going to cost another $120,000 American money to finish that project just in that village alone. That's the village we've committed to. Okay? But there are others as well. I can't open a bottle of water since, since Pastor Dave got that phone call from Florida. I can't open a bottle of water and start to drink without it just gripping me. It's like, okay, God, what do I have to lay down? What do I have to give up so that somebody can get clean water? What do we have to lay down? What do we have to give up for someone to have living water, to know this Jesus, and to see deliverance? I, I just, I want to challenge you and I that we, we really look at where we are at and how we live and what, what the cost might be. Because these guys are saying, Jesus, go back to where you came from. We don't want you here. We don't want this. They're looking at this man. It says they came out to see. They heard what had happened and they came out. The, 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 the swine herders told people, this is what happened. And he, he rebuked these demons out of this man and let them go into the swine. And the swine went up. Matter of fact, you can, there, there are pictures. You can look at this, this uh, southeastern, I think it is, part of, of the Sea of Galilee. And there's only one spot where it's like that. But there is this, this steep hill, right? Right down to the water. 
Scientists believe that's right where they, there, there's actually a place where all these pigs could have actually literally gone over the edge, if you will. And the Bible says they went over that edge and into the Sea of Galilee, and there they drowned. Resources gone immediately. Jesus is not predictable. And as Pastor Dave said to you, and, and, and I'm going to kind of leave that with you today. As it was said of Aslan, he is not safe, but he is good. And he, I, I am praying that God rocks our boats, that he shakes us up as a church so that we are willing and able to do what is necessary and what God is saying to us to bring deliverance to people's lives. Life Church, we need to get a revelation of the authority of Jesus Christ. There's some of us that we've been living in this lie that there are people in this city who cannot be saved. That there are people that walk the streets around us that cannot receive the gospel. That is a lie of hell. Let us get this revelation. I believe this miracle that we see here is part of a bigger picture. And I believe that Jesus got in that boat. And as Pastor Dave said last week, Jesus was like, this is going to be great. Because <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really show them something. And, and, and you know what? They could have got stuck And they could have been hammering home. All of their ministry life could have been, he's the one who calms the weather. He's the one who calms the weather. No, he calms the storms of life. He's not only out there, he's in there. He gets in because he has the authority to do so. He is the son of the creator. This God who has created us in his image has the ability to work internally in us. I know some of you have been struggling with some things for a long time, and I'm not trying to set you up for disappointment today, but I'm telling you, let's get a good revelation of the Son of God as a deliverer. Let's let this miracle speak to us that He has the authority to come in and to do some amazing things within us. And let's, let's pursue that. Let's, let's really go hard after God here and let Him do work within us and outside of us as well. He wanted to go. Let me go with you, Jesus. Jesus is getting in the boat. They're sending him away. They don't want him there. He's getting in the boat. They're going to head back across the Sea of Galilee. I'll go with you. I mean, after all, I'm your, I'm, I'm your trophy. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm your witness. I'm the one. You know, parade me. I'll, I'll tell them. I'll tell everybody. I know you're a deliverer. And he says, no, I don't want you to go with me. Here's what I want you to do. Go home. Go home. And there, tell everybody what God has done. Listen to this. On occasion, God purposes to send people to other places. Daniel and Carla are sitting here. They're a wonderful example of God doing that on a long-term basis. How many of you have been short-term somewhere to another country, a foreign country? All right, hold your hands up high. Keep them up for a second, all right? See, quite a few all around in this church have been in other countries. God will do that short-term. That's great. But for the most of you, rest assured, 
you will be right here. This is where God has called you, right to your very own neighbor in your very own neighborhood. And God wants you to be here, and he wants you to get a revelation of the authority of his son, Jesus Christ, and tell people the good things that God can do. I love this. This this is the gospel. Jesus cares not only about forgiving us for our sins, but he cares about our very lives here and now. There's I think there's so many of us, whether whether you have yet to to come to know Jesus or whether you know him already, he doesn't want to just forgive you of your sins. He's done that. That's amazing. I do not want to discount that at all. But he wants to save you from your sin. He wants to bring you out of the habitual storm you're in every day. Whatever that is, he wants to save you from that now. He wants you to come with him, trust him, lay it down. Whatever it is that you got to do to follow him and set this aside, he wants to give you freedom and save you from this sin. So that you may live a life of glory now, not just, I think we so often discount eternity and what that means. That includes here and now and the blessing we can be to those around us. So, if you, if you want freedom from something that has been enslaving you, I beg you to come up today and, and get prayer with someone. And flesh this out. Wrestle this out with God. Ask him to come and do what only he can do. And so I'm just going to pray for us um, real quick here. And then I, I please ask you, if, if, if you feel the Holy Spirit calling you today, don't, don't ignore this. Jesus wants to free you today. I thank you, Father. I thank you for coming and sending your son to us so that you would not only forgive us of what we already have done, but so that you could free us and transform us to a new life that just points to your glory in everything we do, Lord. Doing the things that we want to do, that you've put in us deep down, that we've never been able to do, to really love people and praise you in this world, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you that you transform that your power, your authority is great and you have overcome everything for us in this life and in the next with you. We love you. Thank you for loving us. Amen. Thank you, Chris. Our prayer team is coming up to the front now. You can go and be ministered to with the prayer team. You can find a chair and uh, find your quiet spot and begin to pray. Um, However you would like to to seek God here, take a few moments and let God minister to you.